first thing I want to say is that I'm in the same position everyone in the world is, which is I don't have a ton of experience sheltering in place due to a global pandemic. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've told myself and that I've discovered for myself is that expecting me to be productive and to adapt quickly is a very big ask. Okay. I think that I realized that my life and my world and the way that I used to move through the world has changed dramatically. And as a re result of that, I'm grieving. Okay. Um, I think that I'm processing a lot of grief and a lot of sense of loss and a lot of, um, I just can't believe it, you know, like it's mm. what's happening is hard to grasp. And I think that one of the things that I've learned is that I need to be patient with myself because the initial expectation was, oh, I'm going to have a lot of time in my house. And that means that I can write more or be more productive or come up with something creative or adapt more, more quickly. And I think one of the big lessons for me is that I need to just slow down and cut myself a little bit of slack because what we're doing is very, very difficult. Yeah. So uh, you uh, mentioned uh, in your answers a lot that you're uh, of the introvert type. So people think that this would be a boon for introverts, but it, it isn't so. Can you say how, from your experience, how has it been for you? Yeah, um, I think, uh, well, just to address what you said, I, I am an introvert and I'm not going to lie to you. I like being home alone and I, um, I, I joke with my friends that so, what other people call social distancing is for me how I usually spend my weekends. Yeah. Um, but that is an abstraction from the situation that's happening in the world now. And the fact is that we are very social creatures. We are, we are social animals and removing the social element from our life is not really related to introversion. It's related to um, a pathology and expecting that we will do well without contact with others, without touch, um, without, um, you know, comparing notes and, um, you know, reading and, and, and talking to other people without me looking at you like we're looking at each other now, like we are, we are bound to suffer. I definitely think that this situation is more difficult for extroverts. People who take their energy from other people mm. are suffering more than people who are used to being alone and take pleasure in it. But I think that this is a whole other dimension. Yeah. So you mentioned energy, right? So uh, we don't move that much you used to when we are sitting at the whole day at home. So how do you efficiently use your energy and uh, you put it to good use? So for me, I've recognized that movement is really important for me. Um, I don't do well. I'm, I'm a very restless person. I don't do well just sitting around. It makes me feel really bad. And I, I think that it contributes. It, it's not just that I feel restless, but that it contributes to a general um, sort of like picture of depression. Yeah. So for me, one of the things that I do a lot, whether or not we're social distancing, but now has become incredibly valuable to me is yoga. Okay. Um, and I do a couple of hours of yoga a day, um, sometimes like an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. Um, I have found that a lot of yoga teachers have moved their practices online. So it's very easy to catch a, a class online. And there's a couple of things that this gives me. First, uh, being able to breathe and just breathe in a rhythmical way. I think that there's a lot of peace and a lot of calming of anxiety to be found in my breath. Mm -hmm. um, and I think movement and just like a little bit of effort and just like moving through the poses is incredibly helpful. Um, and just like changing the rhythm of 
my day. Like normally I, I get up and I'm writing and I'm trying to get things done. And, and we're all juggling a lot more. Like people are dealing with children and daycare and like I'm not, but a lot of other people are. So within the rhythm of all of the things that you're doing, just taking a moment for yourself and breathing and moving, I think is really valuable. And the, the added benefit is that a lot of people who used to make their living by teaching in yoga studios, yeah. and that that's no longer viable and they're moving their practices online. You know, you can, we in San Francisco at least can pay them via like Venmo or PayPal or something like that. And um, they benefit us and we benefit them. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that that is what I'm doing. It's it's. Uh, I have found it to be really really life saving because it, it's a very grounding practice. Does it add some sort of positivity to your mood also? Since there's so much uh, negative news floating all around, so does it help or do you do something else also? No, that's a very interesting question. I have found for myself that expecting me to be positive is an act of aggression towards myself. Okay. because it means that I don't leave space for my feelings. Mm. And the fact that what we're going through is, is, is many different things. It's frightening, it's scary, it's uncertain, it's a change, it's, um, we don't know what's gonna happen in the future. So I think that having moments of anxiety or negativity or panic are something that I wanna give myself permission to feel. Um, if you ever called me and said, Dushka, I'm incredibly depressed and I'm sad and I'm going through a lot of angst, I would never tell you, come on, cheer up. We have to be positive. Like that's, if, if I wouldn't do that to you, I wouldn't, I shouldn't be doing it to myself. So what I try to do is um, have a practice of making a list of what I'm grateful for. And I don't think that that is forcing myself to be positive, but it's it's reminding me to look at what's already positive in my life. And I think those two are very different. But if I'm going to be sad or scared or depressed or anxious, I definitely have to give myself the space to feel those things. I do not force myself to be positive all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. You So what are like types of activities you engage yourself in now? Like you said yoga and yeah. So I'm, um, I, I'm working, so I, I get up in the morning and I um, uh, have calls with my, with the, my, my uh, work colleagues who are friends also. Um, I uh, write, I love writing and it's something that I do yeah. anyway, so th there would be no reason to do it differently. Um, I definitely try to move, um, I uh, do yoga. I, I spend a lot of time just like organizing my space. I find cleaning and organizing to be a self-soothing activity. So I like to have a clean space, but it also helps me to like um, organize my closet, um, edit the things that I don't need, like things like that. I feel like when there's order around me, there's more order inside me. Um, I spend a lot of time reaching out to my friends. I find Zoom to be, or any other video conferencing method to be incredibly valuable. Um, I've organized a couple of uh, coloring parties where I get together with five or six friends on Zoom and we color while we talk. I find that really helpful. Um, and then um, I, I live alone. Um, I think that if I were with a family in my space, I would also want to just carve some time up for myself that's just me without having everyone on top of me. A lot of people ask me if it's lonely to be alone through a time like this. And I think that being with others has its set of difficulties and being alone has its set of difficulties and in a very in a very big way i'm very grateful that i don't have the the friction 
of having people around me, even though I also recognize that having people around me would be a gift. Okay. So all of these activities, do you try to maintain a scheduled daily routine to all this or do you just uh, be spontaneous with these? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting question. I like routine. I find that it's very soothing. So I try to make a list of what I want to do that day and follow it. But I also feel like this is what the situation is demanding of me. Um, Dushka, how much can you let go of? How much can you do things differently? How much can you give up the way that you're used to doing things to make room for doing things in a new way? So I try to build a routine in a way that makes things easier for me, but I also try to not hold on to the way that I typically do things because I think that my, my, my survival, my intellectual and emotional and physical survival depend a lot on my ability to be elastic. So it's something that I try to practice. Okay. So there's no fixed routine, but you uh, try to build one to make a positive impact uh, to your life. Um, I try to, I, I would say I balance having a routine with being open to not having a routine. Okay. And I make space to feel whatever I want to feel, which is not necessarily positive. Mm-hmm. And I also find that when I feel something, like if I feel panic and try to push it away, it doesn't go away. And if I just sit and I go, okay, bring it on. I sort of, it's easier to move through it. It's difficult. It's a difficult thing to practice, but I find that it works, especially if we're in a confined space. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so uh, we have still have a lot of time in this lockdown, almost a month remaining. So what, can you give us some actionable tips on what we can do uh, on a daily level, which helps us get better at the end of it? Um, So again, I feel like expecting myself to improve through this, I think is a lot. It's a big ask. I think I expect to survive through this, but I have a list. I'm going to read it to you. I have a list of things that, hold on. I wrote down two separate lists. I think that they're a little bit redundant, but I wrote uh, two separate lists of things that I want to remember. Like Mm. I, I feel something and I find solace in a thought and I write it down so that I remember it and I'm going to share it with you. and we'll, we'll, if you have any questions about anyone, we can, sure. we can talk about it. The first is anything that I resist makes the experience worse. So for example, if I start, oh my God, no, I'm in lockdown. Ah, like it just makes me more claustrophobic. So I think that there's a lot of peace in just accepting the situation that we're in. I think that's very hard, but I think that resistance is not helpful. Um, I understand that nothing is going to go as expected. I had plans and I had trips and I had meetings and I had events and I had a lot of things that I thought I was going to do and I'm not going to do them. And I need to fully understand that things are not going to go as expected. It makes me feel better than saying, you know, when things go back to normal, I feel that's not necessarily true. Um, The other thing is rejecting my feelings because someone out there has it worse is, is, is nonsensical. So I know that there's a lot of people, I'm home and I'm in lockdown, but there's a lot of people in the hospital who are sick, but that doesn't mean I get to deny my own feelings. Mm -hmm. So I think giving space to my feelings, even if other people have it worse, is the healthy thing to do. Um, I don't always have to look for the good, which is the point of being optimistic is a, or trying to remain positive is a form of self-aggression. 
I think that's really important because other, we'll, we'll go crazy if we don't make a space for our feelings. Um, the present moment is the only thing we have. So whenever I start catastrophizing about the future or worrying about the future, which I do a lot, I think right, right now, what matters is right now. Right now I'm okay, right now I'm safe, right now I have space, right now I have breakfast, right now is what matters. And I think that there's a great deal of solace to find in the present moment. Um, <clears throat> I think practicing surrendering to uncertainty and unpredictability. Things are going to be uncertain and that's okay. Things are going to be unpredictable and that's okay. Um, I was never really in control. I'm sorry for all the noises my computer's making. Um, I was never really in control. Um, Self-care is not an indulgence. So what can you do for self-care? I'm gonna give you, I spend a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, some example, uh, a hot bath, um, a nap, uh, uh, staying in bed a little bit later, um, uh, reading a beautiful book, uh, lighting a candle, being really careful about the fire in the candle, but lighting a candle, like things that you do just because they feel good is not an indulgence. It's necessary for our survival. Sensorial pleasure, like the hot bath, like the candle are grounding and we need things that are grounding. So anything that gives you pleasure to your senses, eating something delicious, baking, um, smelling something good, opening the window, like anything that you think is going to give you sensorial pleasure mm. always sounds superficial, but it's actually really important. Stillness is always good. Stretching is always good. Deep breaths are always good. Sleeping is always good. Having more time to read a real book is always good. Asking what is this here to teach me, I think is very useful because yeah. instead of feeling like things around me are an onslaught. I'm like, wait, what if this is here to teach me something? What is that? I think asking myself that I find it to be helpful. Um, there's nothing like connection. So when I feel overwhelmed, I definitely zoom with someone and I am an introvert and I do need other people and that's okay. Um, listening to music while doing nothing else is a huge luxury. There's so much music out there that is so fantastic. And usually we listen to music while we're doing other things. And you know, lying on the couch and just listening to music and not doing anything else is an incredibly beautiful space. Um, thinking about what I can do to help feels better than thinking about how everything is doomed. So thinking about what I can do to help. Can I uh, connect with someone? Can I reach out to someone? Can I support first responders? Can I support uh, restaurants. What can I do for people who are in a state of financial devastation? Like, how can I help? Um, I still have most of the things I've taken for granted. I think that one of the big lessons here is how many things I took for granted. And that's when I think I still have most of them. So I think that there's peace in that. Um, adaptation is everything, not positivity adaptation and those two things are sometimes at odds living in survival mode causes a stress response that is not good for my immune system so it's important that i get out of survival mode and the way to do that is making room for my feelings taking deep breaths living in the present moment taking it a day at a time um uh, and then this is the other list that's a little bit redundant but i'll read it to you because it's important any clasping around the way I wanted something to be is not helpful. 
worry is not just useless but destructive and this is a really interesting point to me because i was i always believed that worry was in some way a way to contribute to help and it's useless it doesn't do anything it's destructive um surrendering is not a strength it's not a it, surrender is a strength not a weakness another really important thing a positive outcome is always plausible um feelings cannot be dismissed then the other one that i've been telling you forced optimism is an act of self-aggression fear is ravenous and it will become insatiable if i feed it and then the reminder that pain any form of pain always feels like it's never going to get better and it always gets better so those are the things that i think about and that i would like others to think about because those are the things that have made me feel those are the the, the thing the thoughts where i have found a little bit of sanity so you said uh uh positivity is a form of self aggression right but yes uh, if you don't do that it's natural to worry about things right so how do you control on that i i think it's a balance i think that you say i'm going i'm feeling bad right now and i'm feeling afraid right now and that's okay and then slowly getting out of it by finding things that you're grateful for which okay. is not oh i want to be upbeat about this but rather um teaching your brain to look at things in a different way don't look at what you don't have or what don't fixate on what you've lost which which makes a spin it makes you spin right it it's a it's a you you just spin out but, but rather okay let's make a list of things that i'm grateful for my mother um who i'm so worried about she's in mexico city and the lockdown for her also just started and she's in her mid 80s um and we talk every morning and instead of talking about what's happening and oh my god and this is so dangerous and this is what makes it horrible and a global pandemic and you could get sick and all of these things we we just say give me a list of three things that you're grateful for that you didn't tell me yesterday different things and our conversations have become a lot better okay. because we are helping each other notice the things that are good you also mentioned uh, indulgence uh so self care uh, but it's also uh, sometimes these things are also uh, things that inflict harm on you such as say smoking or things like that so uh, it's not always uh, self care that's good for you right so which which things do you see uh, say that this is good and this is not good well i would say if it's not good for your health you should probably be careful with it and if it's if it's something that brings you pleasure and is good for your health you should probably do it but i also think there's some lines of gray like for example drinking isn't great for you but i would not say no to a glass of wine i personally don't drink but i have friends who get on zoom with me and are drinking a glass of wine and i applaud that smoking isn't good for you um especially if you're in a confined space so i would advise against that but who am i to tell people not to smoke with the way that the world is in i think you i think each one of us gets to decide what we are going to allow ourselves to do that's that's good <clears throat> and uh, so uh, since you're an author also uh, any so this is a like a lot of people have gotten into writing in these days since uh, they have a lot of time on their hands any uh, advice for them uh, who are writing yeah 
I would say, first off, don't think that just because you have time to write, you're going to write. I know that I'm a, I'm a writer and I love writing and I love, I write every day. And I thought I was going to write a lot more than I'm writing. And it's hard because I'm distracted and I'm stressed. And um, I've decided that the writing will come and that I, I'm not going to force myself to write my masterpiece just because I have time, because it's a lot to put on myself. So I would, I would say write, have a practice and a discipline of writing, but also be patient with yourself. Okay. So that's just because it's a love. Uh, you have time doesn't mean you have to do more. This is so such an interesting concept because people are saying, you know, we're working from home or we have more time. And the fact is we are sheltering ourselves from a global crisis. Yeah. So it would be the same as someone in a war being in a trench and saying, well, I, right now I have time, so I'm going to write. It's just like we are under a lot of duress. And I think that expecting that we are going to do something um, huge just because we have time, I think is a fallacy. And I think it's a lot to ask of ourselves. Yeah. So I think if you can create and you can write at a moment like this, that's fantastic. But I also don't think we should be beating up, up ourselves up for it. Okay. I think that the, the way that I would explain it is be as compassionate with yourself as you would be with someone else. So I would never ask you, what have you done? What have you written? Have you produced more? What are you doing? Why are you not writing more? Why are you not working more? So if I wouldn't do it to you, I, don't, I shouldn't be doing it to myself. Thank you so much, Dishka, for your time, I guess. It's uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for thinking of me and for reaching out.